You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I'm one of the men in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Montana's. Chris, pop quiz, it's Wednesday. What does that mean for the daily deals over at Montana's? Uh, not tacos anymore. Not Taco Tuesday. Is it, uh, they look like a, there's a pot pie on there. Uh, pot pie is on the menu, you're right. Wednesdays are, uh, is it a special, is it a food? Let me get this, I'm going to get this. You're going to get this. Oh, okay. I know this, I know this. Wednesdays all you can eat ribs. Oh boy. Yeah. All you can eat ribs yep. over at Montana's. Oh, and there it is. They've got the new ones. The, the the Montana's comfort menu started yesterday, January 17th. I heard us talk about it a lot yesterday uh, with the Taco Tuesday. $5 meaty tacos oh, the thing with a meaty. purchase of any beverage all day. Uh, Thursday and every day, drink deals and specials. Uh, be sure to go check out one of Montana's seven we focus locations on the apple crisp? in BC. Uh, the spinach dip also is on there. Oh, the well. spin dip's good. On the you comfort have, menu. We've had that before. I don't know if Alex has the, the apple pie because we had a something was going on last night with you. You had no idea what it was. The apple crisp. No, I sent you're it sending to me you. a message yeah. and you're like, because remember the Swiss chalet had the old uh, they had the ice cream on the chicken, right? The Swiss, chicken sandwich? Swiss chalet. Whatever. It's so the Swiss folks over there. Then you were you didn't know what this was. You sent me a photo of it. And you're like, what is this? I was like, dude, it's it's apple crisp. Like, I know. I, I took a quick glance at it. I thought it was like some sort of poutine with fried chicken mm-hmm. and ice cream on top of it. Growing up, our, it turned out to be apple pie. The dessert my mom made the most as a child that I ever had was like berry crisp. It was we. I'd get sent out. Wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't. I get locked out of the house until I came back with an ice cream pail full of uh, blackberries. Wouldn't uh, you know? She wouldn't ask where I got them. I just go out, hit the streets. I'd find enough blackberries, bring them back to her. We'd have berry crisp. We had that all the time, and I love it. I love berry crisp. This looks great. This uh, this this apples too. Just the the caramel all over them. And before we go any further, sticking on the food thing, 
Well, well, hang on. Let yeah. me, okay, let me yeah, help. you got locations, all that stuff. Yeah, you yeah. jump away from Montana. Sorry, Let's talk Montana. about your energy drinks, probably. Oh, I got something uh, else. Seven locations in BC, Fort St. John, Kelowna, Langley, Nanaimo, Prince George, Tawasson, and who could forget? The nation's capital. Well, not really the nation. If you count uh, British Columbia as a nation, which you don't, I guess. Nope. Uh, Victoria. Victoria, British Columbia. Okay, what do you have for us? You went to the States recently, yeah, so I I'm feeling I, I know where this is going. I brought it up. Somebody messaged me, asked me what kind of pasta I got yesterday. Uh, because I, I talked about like the cool pasta that I was excited about. I got this. This is from Trader Joe's. It's called Giggly Pasta Quads. Giggly. Yeah. Organic Italian I've, pasta. I've taught you this before. The G-L-I in Italian is not pronounced glee. Gli? No, 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 no. It's oh. like G, basically. That's the easiest way so to teach you. So this is Gigi? No. You could... Oh. Well, actually, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I just know that second part is G. Anyways, it's got some cool looks on it. Giggly. I'm excited for it. With, I like that pasta. It's good stuff. You should bring that to my nonno's house and see how he pronounces it. Because I don't know if it's... I think if I took the Trader Joe's thing off, he'd be like, oh, that's some good looking pasta. I think he'd be fine with it with the Trader Joe's thing on. My nonno's, so yeah, too? my nonno would not care. Okay. He sees pasta, he's happy. Right. Okay. But he, I know he's always excited when we go to those Italian delis. When you and I used oh, to yeah. tell him, oh, hey, guess where we went uh, the other day? You'd tell him and you'd say, one of these old Italian delis that have been in Burnaby for the longest time. Trophies is the Trophies was a good one. Oh, he he would. You could see his eyes light up. I remember that. taking you to Trophies. You were the tallest guy in Trophies. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could have put two uh, two of those Italians on each other's shoulders. They wouldn't have been uh, up to my height. You were one of the tallest guys in there. I know. Well, it's because all the nonnas and the nonnas. Yeah, that's go there. true. Yeah. Anyways, okay. At what um, age do Italians start getting shorter? Is it like fifty, sixty? Um, same as same as a. Anybody else? Yeah, I think it's anybody else. Okay, I just wonder if it, I, I don't know. I'm not Italian. JD Burke liked that comment. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on here. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux's future. We've talked about the Rutherford press conference on Monday on the last two shows. No tanking talk today. I don't think it might happen, but no tanking talk. No rebuilding. None of this talk today. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux's future. We've basically done a topic a day so far. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux's future with the Vancouver Canucks. Jim Rutherford at the press conference on Monday. Hold on a second. Before for, Corey's in the chat here and says 21 half racks. I've seen someone down while I worked there. 21 half racks of ribs. Six bone size, six rib. 21. So that's you. Would, it would be 11 and a half of those, right? Or no, 10 and a half of those. Whoa, Corey, I tell you that put that guy, put that guy's face on a poster somewhere. I don't want that guy near me. 20, 21 half racks of ribs. That dude, people tell me the, the wings is bad. Corey followed it up and said it was disgusting. Yeah. That Whoa, is a lot of ribs. That's a lot of meat to be eating in one sitting. Anyways, can can we get back on track here, please? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux. Jim Rutherford came out and talked uh, on Monday and was basically saying, um, yeah, I have talked to other coaching candidates. Didn't use the word interviewed. Uh, made it clear as possible as he could that it was very preliminary conversations with these other coaching candidates. We've heard Rick Tockett's name thrown out there. It basically seems like Tockett is a done deal and that he's going to be here at least by after the All-Star break, right? Like, it seems like Tockett's going to be here as the next coach of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Bruce was asked about kind of yeah, all of this today. Uh, we'll, we got, we'll get to the audio because I, I got it today. Uh, we'll get to the Boudreaux audio in a second here, Alex. I'm going to set it up, though. So we go into post-practice, post-morning skate stuff today, and uh, there was not one question about the Tampa Bay Lightning who are playing the Canucks tonight. Everything was about Bruce Boudreau, Bo Horvat, Luke Shen. All of it was about the future of the team because that's where we're at. After the comments from Jim Rutherford, that's where we're at with this team. And 
Change is obviously on the horizon. It's been an underwhelming start to the season, to say the least. And it's it's a really tough spot. And honestly, this was a it's one of those one of those media scrums where it's like it's uncomfortable, man. You're not going to get a good answer out of anything here. You're going to get some honesty at certain points throughout the interview, and I think we heard that from both Horvat and Boudreaux. But like this is just where they're at, right? Like this is this is where they're at in this part of the season, and it's not like you can just walk into the rink and be like la di da di da. You know, Stamco's going to score 500. How are you going to stop him today, Bruce? You know, what do you think of the power play? Connor Garland's getting an opportunity on PP one. What do you think, Bruce? And it's like. I think we're over that at this point in the season, right? We're in the second half of the season. Things aren't going the way that they're going to go. The situation's going to be dire here for Boudreaux moving forward, and he he talked about it today. So here's Bruce Boudreaux talking about his situation um, with the Vancouver Canucks, and there's also a follow-up question from Farhan uh, that, that I did include in here. So this is Boudreaux on his situation with the Canucks. I just... Go ahead. People do what they do and, and say what they say. And, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I'm not perfect, but I, I just, I just think about coming to work every day and working hard. And, and you know, anything else is, is I, I can't, uh, um, can't really, don't really want to comment on anything else. So. Do you feel like you've been treated fairly? Well, every day. I, I'm, uh, yeah, I do. I do. Like, I mean, I mean, I don't think anybody in the world likes to hear negative stuff. Uh, about themselves but I mean if it's you know we talk about it and the reasoning behind it and it goes with goes with the territory I mean I'm a big boy I wanted to become an NHL coach and I know it's not all going to be rainbows and roses so I mean you have to take the good with the bad very classy answer by Bruce Boudreau. Yep. I think that's the best word to describe uh, Bruce, how he's handled all of this sort of criticism and everything like that. Um, you know, I think the big thing is him saying he's been treated fairly. I think a lot of fans would disagree with that, as we've kind of seen on social media. People are, you know, um, you know, saying this coaching legend is getting disrespected by the president of hockey ops and all that sort of stuff. I I get it. Like, I, I do understand where people are coming from. Um all I'm going to say is I think it's it's very classy that Bruce said, you know, he thinks he's been treated fairly and he has no problem with, you know, everything. He's not he's not getting into a pissing contest, basically. No, I think so. I mean, like, it is... The team's underperformed, right? Been underwhelming up to this point in the season. I think I've said that already today. But he has taken the high road out of what this organization has done to him so far this season. You, you can say that's pretty clear. I mean, he's showing up. He... As much as you see this Canucks team out there, like I, I don't think that they're not playing for Bruce Boudreaux. Right? Yeah. In the same way that I don't think that they were playing that much with Travis Green in the end of his tenure, they're playing for Bruce Boudreaux. They like Bruce Boudreaux as a coach. He's the type of coach that players, like I don't want to say dream of having, but absolutely love having. He's a, he's a guy who will have a, can have a conversation with any of these players, and he's also won a lot of games at the NHL level, so he's respected to a certain degree. From the players, that is. I mean, we've seen other things from the organization as well. And I don't think, like, I've seen a couple of reports out there. I think it was Friedman who said this, but, like, I don't think it's ever happened where a president of hockey operations has come out and during a media availability, like, things happen, leaks happen for sure. But I don't think that he, he said that I don't think there's been a media availability where, like, the president has said openly that they, they've talked to replacements. For the coach that's still behind their bench. Yeah. I mean, yeah. think about that, man. That's, I think that's that's where it keeps coming back that's to. Is, yeah, that's a first. It's like, 
it's like here on the show. If I if I thought Harm could take over full time and do a better job than you, what would I bring him in one day a week? See how he does. Let bring him, him in one day a week. Day a play week. pickleball with him every weekend. <laughs> like no, I I mean like that would be like I would be openly saying like you know I think Harm might start coming in Monday to Thursday as well. Like and you'd and be you standing say, there but, like but what the quads hell? is our Monday to Thursday but, host right now. But right now, quads <laughs> is the guy. He's the guy. He's our guy. I mean, like no, I mean, like that's a think about that in any workplace. And obviously, things change with what workplace you're in and, and where you're at in life. But uh, this is, yeah, yeah, it sucks. It's like, not it's, great. No, I mean, and it sucks because it's like in life when you take the high road a lot of time or you take the the respectful way, you just try and go out there and be a good person. Sometimes, like you know, Bruce Boudreaux is in a spot right now where it's like he's not being respected as much as I really think he deserves from the organization. And listen, he even said it like, he's not perfect. He's made mistakes. Has he put the right lines together every single game? No. Nope. Has he played Riley Stillman a lot this year in the NHL? Yes. Is that a right move? I don't know. I don't think so. But like there, there's certain things that obviously he'd like to change in his spot. But I also just think that he still just loves coming to the rink. This guy loves this more than anything. And it's pretty unfortunate to hear, some of the other stuff that's said about him. And it's just, it's what, like, what are we waiting for here? Right? Mm -hmm. Like the, the ticker here, Alex's favorite thing down there on the bottom, bottom producer, Alex loves that thing. Bruce's future. It's like what future with the Canucks. Right. And hopefully like if he still wants to do this, he can go coach somewhere else. But tell you what, like at the, you know, in the back nine of his career, for sure, he's coming up on hole 17, 18 here. And he's about to hit retirement. Maybe he can go to to nineteen. But like, this can't be. I don't know if it's like in a situation where where Boudreaux like doesn't want to do it anymore because of this season that's happened to him, or if he's just up to this point is like, you know what? I think I've given it my last go here, and this isn't it. But I don't. I don't know what his future is in, in coaching. I also don't know. I the, the weird thing is I don't know what Boudreaux's future is, but I know what the Canucks' future is, and it's not with Boudreaux. So it's it's an unfortunate spot. Do you want to hear the Horvat? Thing, or do you want to mention? Can we get something? to in a sec? Yeah, you got it. Okay, uh, live chat on YouTube. A lot of people getting involved here. I just want to get to some of the comments that I've seen. So Winstow said, "Why are we talking about a coaching change mid-season when the Canucks aren't even close to a playoff spot? I don't understand. Why not just play out the season? I completely yeah, agree. I'm, yeah, with, you're at, you're risking on. yourself getting the dead cap bounce with this team. And I understand the argument against it. To answer your question, Winstow, uh, and keep in mind, I agree with you." The argument against it is, well, this coach is going to come in and he's going to be able to implement his systems. Um, you know, that worked so well last year, obviously, right, with Bruce. Mm. I'm, I'm not going to keep going on that, but, you know, I, I completely agree with what Winstow's saying. And there's, there's more people in the chat saying similar stuff. Uh, Lisa Martin said, poor Bruce sounds like someone ran over his dog. It's true. Like, Bruce sounds very defeated, and it, yeah. it's tough. It, it, it's very tough. That probably wasn't even the worst vibe from the ants, like the one that we just played there on the show. I I don't know if it's out there. I'm actually going to double check, but I don't think the Canucks are going to be posting very much on their social media today from the interviews. It was like we talked to Shen about um, his future, uh, what he, you know, with Tampa in town, they're a team that's rumored to be interested in trading for Luke Shen. We talked to Horvat about the future of him, how hard it's been dealing with the media, how hard the situation has been with him, thoughts on the coach moving forward. I don't know if the Canucks are going to post anything. I'm actually going to double-check that right now because I'd be a little sure. surprised. Uh, Knucklehead said, I just want them to rip the Band-Aid off at this point so we can all take a deep breath and have one thing to cheer for again. I said there'd be no tanking talk on this show today, didn't I? Do you think what... With that, like, is it more difficult for Bruce Boudreaux to finish the season or just 
get let go like next week? Do you think like I feel like he wants to coach? He wants to be a coach. He wants to go through this season, but I, I almost wonder if it maybe for him up to this point and everything's happened this season. Maybe he just is fine with just you know moving on, right? Like I'm sure I I think he wants to stay. Like I think he still does want to stay. I still think he wants to coach. I think he wants to ride with this team. A lot of good trust between the players here. A lot of respect mutually between the coach and the players. I just can't see it being what he thought he signed up for with everything that's had to go on around him in the organization. That's the big problem, I think. So, do you want to hear? You want to hear Horvats? Yeah. And yeah, I'm looking on Canuck. Nothing. Uh... Sometimes they post it later in the day. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, they got uh, a four minute uh, video of Boudreau here and five and a half, five minutes of take Horvat. that, Chris. Wow. Okay, let's go, Horvat. Let's Thanks. go. Check that. Okay. Well, this is from the Horvat thing, but this is what I grabbed from today. We'll play the. Uh, the Horvat audio of him talking about Bruce Boudreaux. Hit it, Alex. You know, I, I think we all we all love Bruce as you know as a person, and um, you know, he comes in here every single day uh, with a smile on his face, positive, and he continues to keep coaching to win and uh, and coaching to um, you know make everybody in this room better. And you know, um, we, we all love him as a, as a person. And you know he's been uh, he's been good for us here, and he's been a great coach in this league for many years. So um, you know we're going to continue to keep playing for him. I almost think we can finish the Boudreaux talk on that. Right? Final final thing, sure. Uh, similar to what Horvat just said, uh, Horvat said uh, we got to win this one for Gino tonight mm-hmm. uh, with Tampa Bay Lightning. He did say that, and uh, they're free in the skate. It seems like all the free the skate campaigns uh, seem to be coming to this boiling point. We'll see for how long, and we'll see what uh, it follows because. Yeah. Uh, they were skating in all that gear today. Mm. Spencer Martin with white pads, um, which could mean a lot of things. He was first off the ice, too. He was first off the ice. Who cares? He's starting. Could mean a lot of things with the pad color because, um, as Kevin Woodley pointed this out, Thatcher Demko had the black pads for a one-off game last year when he did Kirk McLean's setup, but the white might suggest that um, he's keeping these pads for a while. They might be wearing this for more than one game. Yeah, well, go talk about that goalie crap on in goal. I don't want to hear that stuff over here. With okay, the pads and let's stuff. move on here. Trade chips. Quickly, Major Moose in the chat here on YouTube. Mm. By the way, if you're listening to the podcast, we're live on YouTube, 1 o'clock, Monday to Friday. Come in the chat and give a comment like what Major Moose said. How is this season only half over? Because, <laughs> yeah, the way we're talking, it feels like it's like, ah, you know, draft's just around the corner. Yeah. It's like, ugh. <laughs> Welcome to Vancouver. We are just at the halfway mark. Okay, let's get to uh, trade chips. What do you want to start with? Well, can I start with what I wrote this morning? Yeah, that's what I said. I want to go to, because well, I'm setting you up. It was a rhetorical okay. question. Okay. It's Who's, pronounced rhetorical. Manko. No, um, it's not. Because <laughs> Manko and his value to the Canucks. No Here's, one's getting your word of the day today. <laughs> no, I mean, I've, I've said it twice, actually, already today <laughs> on the show, and nobody nobody's going to get it. This is, the, this is the easiest word of the day I've ever had. Um so Kuzmenko is valued to Canucks. Here's the thing, Quads. Let me set the table for you before you get into uh, your article here. And you've been rolling on articles lately. A couple of uh, couple articles I've seen of yours. Over 300 words. <laughs> a rare situation. I've uh, been on a roll lately. So Kuzmenko's not under 25 years old, right? Like the players that Jim Rutherford mentioned this team wants to target. Yeah. Kuzmenko could return you the players that Jim Rutherford has mentioned that they want to target. Here's the other part of the equation is he's great for Vancouver. They love what he does with Elias Pettersson. He's a great complimentary piece to to what is your franchise player with Pettersson. But he's not lining up with Elias Pettersson tonight, quads. He's out there playing with Sheldon Dries and Jack Studnika. So, I don't know. It's like, are they trying to boost his value on the trade market? Or 
Are they trying to keep Elias Patterson happy and playing with him? Because neither of those things are happening. He's I not think, on the first power play anymore. They're throwing Connor Garland out there. So maybe they don't have to buy out Garland. I think they're trying to sign him. Like, I think and, they and are hey, too. I'm fine with this. If the idea is, okay, we're going to play Besser and Garland in the top six so that maybe they get something resembling sure. trade value. So we don't have to give up an asset to get rid of them. We don't have to retain a bunch of money on Besser's deal that they signed four months ago or whatever, whenever they signed it, right? I, I I genuinely think, and again, I'm coupling this, and maybe this sounds a little too tinfoil hat-like, but the, these OT games where they've had to have guys out with the extra attacker, mm. it was Lazar one game, then it was Lane Peterson the next game, then it was like uh, Connor Garland was out there. Basically, it was everybody but Kuzmenko, and then in Carolina, they did use Kuzmenko. Oh, so we'll see um, what happens, but Alex <laughs> got the tinfoil hat on me. There we go. Um but we'll see what happens tonight. I, I'm, I'm interested to see, one, how much time Kuzmenko gets and what it does to his, A, trade value, because I think you and I have made it clear we both think he should be traded, uh, and B, what he's able to sign for if he signs an extension with the Canucks. Now, Frank Servale, our pal over there at Daily Faceoff, wrote today some contract comparables for Andre Kuzmenko. Uh, that was really interesting to me because I don't think friends, Frank, Frank was looking at it through the lens of signing an extension with the Canucks. And I was just, I had the idea to start doing it through the lens of an extension with the Canucks. So I did still include the comparables that Frank put in his, but I want to get to the ones that I included here because I I spent a lot of time on this. As you said, 1500 words. I think that's the longest article I've written in, I would say almost a year. I would say that that's a very long article for me to write. Turns out that was a lie. Why? Well, you've written a a statue or two. Oh, well, Stanchi's... Oh, yeah, obviously. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry. But, like, you know, midday article. Um, my tinfoil hat's gone, so I can sit properly again. Um, but but some of the ones I had here. So there's basically three options for the Canucks. They can go short-term uh, with a bridge option. They can go somewhere in the middle, and then they can go long-term. Now, I'm going to go over each one, and I'll try to do it as quickly as possible. So starting with short-term, and I'll get to it right away, folks... This is the one that I think the Canucks are going to be most inclined to sign. This minimizes their risk. Again, remember the sample size, not huge with this player, Chris. So right now, the numbers look great. Um, Again, I think the Canucks want the numbers to look a little bit worse if they're thinking extension. But uh, right now, the numbers look great. Short-term bridge option. This is what I came up with. Uh, The first comparable, I'm not even going to say Artemi Panarin first. I'm going to start with Victor Olofsson. Okay. Olofsson signed this past offseason two-year deal with the Buffalo Savers. Sabres and annual average value of 4.75 million. He had 20 goals and 29 assists through 72 games last season before signing this extension. That is obviously a worse clip than what Kuzmenko looks like. He's going to be putting up uh, when all is said and done this year. So that's kind of the low level there. And like I said, two year deal, 4.75 million. The other one. And so keep that in mind. Okay. The other one is Artemi Panarin. Now, Panarin, I understand he was signed in 2017. The comparable here is the principle of what Panarin and his agent chose to do. And that was after back-to-back 30-goal seasons, two. Remember, he was there for two years on an ELC, not one like Kuzmenko. Two 30-goal seasons, Panarin, and I understand it was 2017, so the cap hits obviously would be higher if it was signed today. Panarin bet on himself. So here's the intrigue from the player side. 
Panarin bet on himself, signed a two-year deal, went out and basically proved it over a larger sample size and cashed in big time with his current contract with the New York Rangers. I think it's 11.675, something like that. Second highest paid in the league, right? Yes, yes, exactly. So he cashed in. Uh, He cashed in on that deal. Now, the comparable there, like I said, is the principle of it all. So if you take the dollar figure from Olafson, mm. you take the principle from Panarin, and again, we're also weighing here for the Canucks specifically, they are not in a position um both financially and on principle to be handing out long-term extensions to wingers, right? Like we've seen the winger position just get completely devalued, totally. especially on the trade market. Look, and I'll get to more in a sec, but basically what I think is I, I would I think the Canucks would like to do two years. I think that is something I could see Kuzmenko going with as well. Uh, for my final contract, uh, basically prediction of what I think this extension is going to look like, it's going to be two years at $6.5 million if they want to re-sign Kuzmenko. Now, okay. let me throw it at you then. Sure. Sorry, unless you want to add something. Well, I, I, I got do a have lot. a question. I got a lot. Okay, well, I got a question for you okay. to get to first then. You've done a lot of the research now into what the contract value could be. We've also talked a lot on the show about this situation in its own right. Now that you see a number that you think you can project being the deal, does that change your mind on trading Kuzmenko at all? Uh, no. Because we've, for a no, long time here on this show, you and I have been in the camp of, you can get a lot of value back for this player. I think it's a first round plus. I heard uh, today Yaremchuk uh, and Mike McKenna on uh, on the Daily Faceoff show, they were chatting about uh, a second plus a prospect. I think it's more than that. If, if it's a it's second plus that. a prospect, I think about the two years at six point five. Right? I think about it. Mm-hmm. I not saying it sways me completely, but if if like we expect, if it's a first round plus, and remember the other thing, to keep in mind, like I just said, wingers aren't super valuable right now, but. Mm-hmm. It is a very unique situation with Kuzmenko with the cap it. I In conversations I've had, uh, I've been told that a first-round pick is definitely on the table. Yeah, and what I want to say is I think this situation would be very different and potentially they're using talking about a re-signing contract as leverage for teams that say, like, oh, but they want to keep them, right? And like, Friedman reporting that the teams that have called, because there's plenty of interest around the league, teams yeah, that have sure. called, the Canucks have basically said, we'd like to get this player signed, yeah. so don't, we're not going to talk trade Listen, yet. that could be one thing the Canucks could use as leverage, but here's the deal. Dollywall reported this the other day. The agent's the one telling this to Dollywall. You know, Dan Milstein's the one talking that they met and stuff. It wasn't just the Canucks got that out there. This is from the agent, and the agent has nothing to gain on the trade market for Kuzmenko if they talk about them going into conversations about a contract. The Canucks have all of it to gain because they're the ones gaining leverage here. There's no leverage being gained by the agent for the rest of the league if they hear that he's looking to re-sign. You know, the agent's just trying to get money done for him. So I think Kuzmenko wants to stay in Vancouver. Yeah. That's the big thing here, right? Okay, but I, I just think, and, and Winstow's got a point, two, 6.5 for two years is the team win now. That's the thing. Exactly. The two-year deal doesn't make sense to me. The long-year deal is too, too much of a risk, as you said, with the winger market going up. And I get the cap will be up six, seven, eight years from now. But I still agree with Winstow. Like I, like I said, a second-plus prospect, depending on who the yeah. prospect is, makes me think about it. It makes but, me think, but I think you can get more than that still. Yeah, you can get more than that. I would guess that there's lots of teams that would give that up for Kuzmenko services. And that's the thing that's strange to me is like if they were trying to you know, boost his value, keep him... Keep him in your lineup in the playoffs. Or, I mean, sorry, what am I doing? Say, keep him in your, uh, on your power play as the trade deadline approaches. I yeah. just messed up two words you gotta so figure out, you got to figure out what but you're doing with this player. Here's the thing. He's got, what, 17 goals this season. 
you have, I think, give or take, I believe there's about 17 games left until the trade deadline. I think it's game 61. Let me double check this. Mm -hmm. I think they need to get to game. uh, The trade deadline is after the Canucks 61st game. Tonight's game is their 44th. Yeah, 17 games left. You think you can get another eight goals out of Kuzmenko in those 17 games if he's playing with Pedersen and he's playing on the first power play unit? It's possible. And then you get to the trade deadline and he's, you know, up there with Bo Horvat as one of the top goal scoring players available at the deadline. Under a million. 25 goals it. making under a million. Tell me that's not worth a first round pick. And I'll tell you that you're wrong because yeah, that's but, worth the first round. So, pick. so let me continue here because then we're starting to get into bigger conversations about what he's now worth. If the Canucks want to extend him, Okay. Uh, so the main thing, I, I don't even the like the conversation of the extension because there's nothing that works. For I, the I agree. I agree with you. I, I don't think they should, they should be extending him. I, I really don't. And I know there's a lot of people out there that say, okay, well, if they do three years at 6 million or three years at 5.5, maybe the Canucks are more competitive uh, in years two and three. That might very well be the case, but you have too many wingers on this team right now. And you've got Brock Bester for three years. You've got Connor Garland for three or four or four years after, uh, no, three years four after more. this season, three years after this one, right. four, including this one. Right. Here. Um, Okay, so the other comparables, and this is just more so open trade market. Hey, this is what he could get, folks. This is what he could get, it seems like. Uh, Andre Burakovsky is one. Um, the Seattle Kraken were the ones that signed that deal. Uh, five-year, $5.5 million AAV. Again, like the Canucks might like that AAV, but they can't. They can't go long-term on wingers. Like no. You just can't right now with where this team and is it's at. It's like you have... Listen, if you have anything coming down the prospect pipeline, it's wingers. Like, maybe Daniel Klinovich turns out. Jonathan LeCaramax scored today. We'll get Pod to that Coles a little bit Coles and Hoaglander. Pog, exactly. Yeah, like, like you, have to, you, have, you have to maximize this asset, yeah. right? And then tell you what, you get a second-round pick out of it. If that's all you get, then draft a defenseman, man. Second-round defensemen work out a lot. Yeah. and like, I'm second, not, The Canucks like, just don't do it all. Uh, Elias Pettersson, third round. He's all of a sudden their best defense prospect. Right, exactly. And he's actually playing well, too. Like, it's yeah, not just because they have no other defense prospects. They did a big feature on him today, actually. Orobro did. So that was kind of cool. I, I watched a YouTube video or some of it. I, then, you know, about a minute in, I'm like, this isn't Swedish. I don't understand what's going on. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Yeah, I'm not going to go over all six comparables here, but uh, it's on CanucksArmy.com if you feel so inclined to read it. But I I think at the end of the day, Chris, like I went over the ones that make the most sense for the Canucks. And I should mention the Brock Besser aspect because I did use him as a comparable because you don't think Kuzmenko's agent's going to say, hey, well, my guy's scoring more than the guy you just gave 6.65 annually for three years to. Mm. Granted, Besser's a larger sample size. He's been with the organization longer. I understand all that. I, I totally get that. But 
Kuzmenko's agent is still going to look at that and say, okay, well, how much do you value him? Because he's played more ice time than Brock Besser. Um, He's scored more goals. He's put up more assists. He's been a better fit with your franchise center than Brock Besser has, and you gave Besser this. How are you going to say that my client deserves less than this? I I think that's going to be something that gets brought up in those meetings. Again, Everything we're saying, Chris, and these are just the facts, folks. Like, I wrote it in the article. You can go read the whole thing if you want. What Kuzmenko could get on the open market and what his agents, in in all reality, is going to be asking for, the Canucks should have no interest in it. And it's not a knock against Kuzmenko. It's just where the Canucks are at as a franchise. They need to have a disciplined deadline. I keep saying it. We've said that we have to judge the direction off this team from what is told to us. At the start of the season, it was make the playoffs. The last thing we just heard from Jim Rutherford two days ago is the direction of this team is to add younger players so that they can retool. If you want to retool, signing a guy who's going to be 27 in the next 12 months is not the type of player he just told Canucks fans. So if you are going to judge this team and move the goalposts as things change with this team, as the season's gone on, the goalposts have moved from playoffs to now a point of retooling. Okay, a retooling move isn't signing Kuzmenko then. A playoff team is going to sign Kuzmenko. Or a team that really thinks they're going to jump. Sorry, a throat bubble there. Uh, Jumping into a spot of being a playoff contending team, they're going to sign Kuzmenko in free agency this year. A playoff team is going to trade for him this year. A team that's going into a retool doesn't need a two-year run. And it was funny, like... Rutherford said this, and this was one of the comments that he said that was, you know, criticized quite a bit in the market was like talking about, we need to have these type of players like a JT Miller on your roster players that are going to go out there and, you know, they're going to get paid a lot of money, but they're also going to do some things to produce for you to win. You don't need a bunch of them though. Not in a retool. What you need in a retool is what you always bring up with, with Montreal quickly getting draft picks, quickly getting young players. And as much as I love Kuzmenko, he, he's not fitting what Jim Rutherford just told us this team's direction is from this day forward. Yep, you're bang on. You're bang on. Uh, okay. Let's go to Horvat a little bit. Horvat. Just because okay. I, I thought there was some interesting stuff. Sarah I Valley wanted to quickly in get article. this in because okay, we had a poll ahead. question. Uh, Atlas Goods, promo code CC15. Go check them out. Uh, this is a sub-poll question, of course, brought to you right, by the right. great folks at Atlas Goods. Uh, go check them out. Promo code CC15 will get you 15% off your first order of pop rinds. Uh, sh- Best fresh pork rinds straight from microwave oh, so good. or air fryer. Locally owned and operated Atlas Goods. Our poll question, a sub-poll question. You can in make the them YouTube, into nachos, too. We've done it before. In the YouTube live chat only, what should the Canucks do with Andre Kuzmenko? Trade for picks, a bridge deal at two years and $6.5 million annual and average value. Sign them long-term at seven years uh, by $7 million. Might be able to do it a little bit less than that, but still, $7 million, that, That's kind of the number that's been thrown out there uh, on a long-term deal. I thought it would bring down the average annual value. Apparently not. Anyways, um, so far, 69% of people, nice, saying trade for any number of picks. 23% say do the bridge deal, two years, $6.5 million annually. Uh, 7% of people, ironically, say seven years at $7 million uh, annually. What are you doing? It's uh, pictures of Nice, France. Sorry, I, th- I saw the sixty nine percent. I pulled up a. <laughs> okay, let's get to Horvat. Uh, well, I pulled flop. it up and I was like, "Here's a picture of nice," and then I remembered it's pronounced niece. <laughs> what a flop! Holy smokes! Okay, oh, let's man. go. Uh, that was a very underwhelming win. joke. You can't win them all. Yeah, I'm underwhelmed. Been losing a lot lately. All right, um, Horvat. 
the teams that have been mentioned with Bo Horvat, obviously, um, Boston, Minnesota, Edmonton, Colorado, Washington, Carolina. Frank said that on our show. Uh, I've heard Dollywall mention the Seattle Kraken quite a little bit here of late. I don't think we're going to spend too much time actually on this. Like this is something that we'll talk about more of. But to me, there's a lot of teams in on Horvat. There's going to be even more teams on Kuzmenko is how I wanted to circle this back because there's going to be interest because of the cap hit, because of what he can do as a support player. And I saw in Sarah Valley's article about this was like, Saying that that Kuzmenko isn't like a play driver and he isn't great in his own zone, like he doesn't need to be the guy coming in on your line and doing that. He just needs to be a complementary piece to a team that's looking to add someone at such a low cap hit. There's still a ton of value there, so don't let uh, some of the stuff that Frank wrote in that article tell you he's not worth a lot. He is worth a lot, and he is going to be a sought after player on the trade market because it's going to be someone who a lot of teams have to circle back on when they don't get the Horvat or the Taves or the Kane, whoever they don't get another really good scoring option for a lot cheaper on your cap is going to be Kuzmenko. So that's how I see it going. I just, I'm so curious too with Horvat today in the conversations that he had literally no talk about the game tonight, just talk about his future and stuff. I wish that like, and I think, I, I think we'll hear this maybe to a degree, but I'm very curious to see what Horvat says once he's left this organization because yeah, it'll be classy. I, I think he'll be classy, but I've also noticed, like of late, this like specifically this season, but with Bo Horvath as a captain, he's gotten a little bit more of like when things are going good. Like he, he does, he cracks a little bit more jokes around the room. And now that I'm in the locker room every time, I hear what he's like with his teammates, and it's like he's a funnier dude than than a lot of people here in the media. Like he is, like he's a guy who who does bring a lot of energy and a lot of laughs in that locker room. You know, he's with JT Miller in the corner there all time. Like they sit next to each other. They're the guys that are you know. They're, they're making quite a few jokes. Like, you know, Horvat's the type of guy who can make fun of Tyler Myers and OEL and stuff like that. Those are little things you hear in the room, and it's just like, I, I wonder how different he looks on a team when he's not the captain of a Canadian market team. And I think that would take a lot of weight off of his shoulders. I just think of it like it's like coming home from school and getting your backpack off after walking home for 45 minutes, and it's just like, oh, it's nice. You get the backpack. I feel like that's what it's going to be like for Horvat when he's gone, and I hope he's going to have a lot of success wherever he goes. Finally, the Luke Shen market. It's hot, too, Quads. We've heard a lot of teams interested in that. Tampa Bay is going to be here tonight, and they're going to get an opportunity to watch him play with Quinn Hughes. So a couple notable things there on the trade market, for sure. Okay. Uh, Prospects report. Let's get to it here. All right. That was a big swig of your well, energy drink. Yeah, but first, let's go. So just a couple things, because we got a Canucks game tonight, obviously. A lot of people listen to this podcast as well, so I hope they appreciate that we did spend a lot of time in the game. But let's just quickly a couple things. Canucks and Lightning tonight. Um, expect to see the return of the flying skate tonight. I think we've made it pretty clear. We've seen the pads. We've seen the gloves. We've seen the jersey. Yeah. We've seen the helmets. Like, all I'm saying is I'm not telling you the flying skate's coming back. But the flying skate's I can't, coming back. I can't, confirm it. But, like, if you're going to the game tonight and you're watching this on YouTube, I'd you are probably encouraged. wear... No, no. I'd the, say I'd wear your flying skate. The Canucks up. said you are encouraged to wear flying skate gear oh, really? uh, i believe they said it was in honor of gino ojic so i'm assuming oh, okay. they're going to do something nice for him before the game yeah, uh, rightfully so absolutely absolutely i hope they um, do that right and i hope they get that win because as bo said they want to go out and win it for gino i yep, hope that, that right. uh, so we yeah. mentioned it spencer martin to start maybe we'll pull up the lines really quick alex can we get the lines up here uh just very quickly here um so yeah just not a lot of changes from what we saw at practice the other day uh stillman and dermot looked like they're going to be the extra ones uh lane peterson is going to be the extra forward 
Uh, and then you see a little bit of a mix here. Uh, same kind of fourth line Lockwood there, but we, we mentioned Kuzmenko with Dries and Studnika, Ilya Mikheyev with Pedersen and Besser. Hopefully that line can like, I'd love to see that line have a little bit of a uh, little bit of action here at five on five tonight. Uh, but like I said, Hughes and Shen back together. Bear and Burroughs playing on the third pairing. A little interesting there, Bear on the who left cares? side. Who cares? Let's go. Come on. Right. Yeah, who cares? The next topic I got here, Abbotsford Canucks in action tonight. Uh, I won't say I won't spend too much time on it. But uh, Abbotsford's in action the same nights as the Vancouver Canucks for the next three games. So not as much coverage you'll likely see. I'll try and get some clips out here. Uh, follow Cody Sievertson on Twitter. He'll get you some clips. He's uh, uh, not doing stanchies. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, not tonight. Yeah. I'll get you the clips then. And uh, Linus Carlson. Will join us tomorrow. He said that last time on the show, and he got sick and he couldn't make it. I've been told that Linus, this is the quote from Abbotsford PR, Linus owes you one. So he is coming on the show tomorrow as far as we know. Is Bajilli bought goals in? No. Ah, okay. We will not. Um, getting Bajilli. We will not be getting Vasily or Oops. Niels Huglander or Niels Amon on the show. Okay. Just so you know. All right. As much as we wanted to. It'd be great to chat with them. But uh, they're they're in a work project with the organization, so we won't be getting them on the show anytime soon. Okay, let's, let's get oh yeah, whatever. Jonathan LeCare Mackey scoring a goal today. Here it is. Back in the Elsvenskan League after playing in the J20. Didn't score on the little one-handed touch there at the end. We can watch him on the top right of the screen here. He comes back, covers for the defenseman at the point. Does a really good job there. Gets the puck in deep as well. Follows it up. Here's the thing. He went to the net. He went hard to the net. And scores on a goaltender there. His second time beating a goalie in the Alsvenskin this year. Not the best goaltending uh, from this goalie here. And, uh, you know, bounced off of a defenseman went in. But I tell you what, the puck found the back of the net, okay? If you watch it in real time, it looks like he buries it. It hits off the defenseman. He missed the net yeah, by, about, the net, by about five feet. But, like, you know, it's... it's yeah, listen, he found the back of the net, okay? And he almost scored a very nice uh, one-handed touch goal on there. But... He found the back of the net, so you got to say that's good for little Karen Mackey, who should have a little bit of confidence now. Scored two goals in J20 League uh, on the weekend, added three assists as well, but he added uh, a goal in the Osvenskin today. So there you go. Something positive uh, to kind of wrap up the show with here. We knew, we normally do a little bit of a shorter show, I feel like, when we're uh, when we're chit-chatting on a game day. So that, that's all I got for the Prospects update. All right. Betway, let's get to it. Yep, Betway, Betway, Betway. Let's go. We got uh, we got Canucks stuff to get to here. Uh, Elias Pettersson over three point five shots on net quads. How many shots does Elias Pettersson have in his last six games? Uh, guess eleven. In his last six games, six games. Oh, I guess six games. Um, get real. Okay, okay, settle down. Nineteen. No, he's got 31 shots on net in his last wow. six games. That's an average of over five shots on net. That's a lot. Per game. And he's coming off of a game where he only had one shot on net. So expect uh, the over to be hit 3.5 shots. You get that. Uh, David scored yesterday, by the way. Yeah, I know. In it's that Oilers say, game. Big five win. Two. And the Oilers won, right? They did. Laughing to the bank, bud. <laughs> uh, so Elias Patterson, over 3.5 shots, plus 105. $10 bet. That'll return you 20.50. Here's our second one, the big one. Tampa Bay Lightning to win over 6.5 total goals. And Nikita Kucherov, what uh, what position in the NHL is he for scoring right now? Right wing. No, what <laughs> spot in the league for stats, quad? Jeez, I have no idea. Tell me. He's third. You know who's ahead of him, right? You don't know anything. Could you name 32 teams in the NHL? Jeez, man, 32? you're over there on your damn phone again here. Yeah, get get going here. I don't know what we're Holy waiting for. Cow, okay. This is the pop quiz section. I'm well, doing uh, work. Well, I'm trying to have some fun here. I can't just come in here and scream Betway 40 times. <laughs> Jeez Louise. So the Lightning to win over 6.5 total goals. Nikita Kucherov 
Uh, maybe Harmon will start coming. Like, Harmon's going to start coming in two days apparently a week. A week after a, that, maybe three, maybe ap- four. Apparently, Stephen A. Smith said something bad about Rihanna, and he apologized for it. And it's like a three-tweet thread where he said, horrific mistake. Something well, where's, was supposed to be a fun moment. See, this, what, this is what hand. I deal with here. You know, I just I come in here. I just I do all the bets. I do all the prep for the show. And you come in here. I look on your feed. You, the, all you've done in the last three hours is like four Addison Ray videos <laughs> on TikTok. Pop it up. Now you're telling me about Stephen A. Smith? Yep. I, right. I, I like that he's talking about hockey. He's got to do a little more. Yeah. I love that when PTI, pardon the interruption, used to start with or have a – it didn't have to start with a hockey story because it never did. But if it had a hockey story, that was cool back in the day. Yeah. Is PTI still running? Somebody in the chat let me know. I, I just – I don't uh, – it was I think always, it is. It was TSN at like two. I think it I is. Think it was 3.30 no, every think, day or 2.30. Yeah, 30. I think it is still on. I hope it is too. I thought yeah. those, I think those two are some of the, the best. Wilbon and uh, and Kornheiser, I think they're incredible. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And with that, we'll wrap it Somebody up. Somebody said sweet hat, by the way, Quads. It's Thank clean. you. I do yeah. like that hat. I got it at Napoli Stadium. It's a Vancouver Canadiens hat yeah, for those on the hat. podcast. All right. We'll wrap it up there. Uh, for my co-host, Chris Faber, uh, as someone in the chat pointed out, dressed like Eminem in 8 Mile, uh, our technical producer, who put the photo of Eminem in 8 Mile behind Chris. There's a screenshot. Somebody take a screenshot of that. Somebody take a screenshot of that and send it to me, folks. Uh, I'm going need, to need that ASAP. Mom spaghetti. And he's got spaghetti. his mom spaghetti. Somebody send me a screenshot of that. Uh, please, please send me that. Uh, I put a right. new uh, cover photo on the Canucks Combo Twitter account. Do you see that? I didn't. I will go look at it. You don't do any of that. Nope. We'll wrap it up there. For my co-host, Chris Faber, and producer, Alex Lard, my name is Dave Guadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Mom's spaghetti. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?